Welcome to Scoop Du Jour, Maddie Gardner. This is such a special episode for me because you are not only a very incredible guest, but a friend. Um, we will get to that in a moment. Um, you are a former UNC cheerleader, former news anchor. You've done some sideline reporting for cheerleading. And um, many people probably know you, Maddie, as a, a cheer liberty. We kind of strayed away from calling you that. But I, I think probably some people listening um, would kind of use that adjective to describe you. So thank you so much for being here. This is so neat um, to be able to do this. I think, like I said, we'll have to jump into the friendship part, but first, thank you for joining me. I'm so pumped. Um, to jump straight into it, I got a text from Jordan, everyone listening, and it just said Maddie. And you know when your <laughs> friend <laughs> sends you a text of just your name, like no punctuation, nothing else, and you're like, oh, something either great or horrible has happened. And I was like, oh my gosh, what? I can't even tell you the thoughts that ran through my head. Like, what is Jordan about to tell me? And then he asked me to be on your podcast, and it was amazing. It was an amazing Maddie text. Yes. Um, so, yeah, just keep in mind, when you text someone, like, just their name, instant anxiety and panic. You know what? I didn't even think about that. I was, like, all caps, Maddie. But you Maddie. know what? You know when you have this, like, so I, in doing this podcast, like, I'm X amount of episodes in, and... I, you and I were talking, like, it's such a passion project. It's been so fun for me. Um, and I have this list of like people I want to get people I have gotten aspirational people. And then like, it just hit me. And I was like, I also have like really badass friends, um, who are amazing, who are so relatable and who people need to, and want to, and should hear from. And I was sitting at work the other day and it just hit me. And that's when I was like, Maddie, I was here. <laughs> so here we are. Um, for some context, um, you and I, we didn't have the the most graceful start to our friendship. It's a funny story. Do I remember it? Remember? Um, I so the, we were sorority sisters. We went to college yes. together in UNC. Um, but remember, we um, were going on that trip to the Bahamas. <gasps> and we weren't okay, really Okay, there are two sides to this story. Yes. Okay. We were going to the Bahamas on a spring break trip and we just weren't close. And something, what happened where we were like all staying at my parents' house in Fort Lauderdale and mm -hmm. everyone was like, Maddie's coming. And I was like, wait, Maddie's coming. I don't think I knew that you were coming. And then the, the long story short of it is like, that started like a great friendship our freshman it year. Did. Here we are. It did. That, I... was, that was my version. I'm just being goofy because we really were like acquaintances. We just weren't close. Them. Yes, we were in the same sorority, but we weren't technically like in the same friend group in the sorority, yes, I guess. Exactly. But I was friends with someone else who was in your friend group, which is why I got the invite. Yes. And then, yeah, we, I don't know why, because that whole trip was a mess because we were 18 years old and trying to plan a trip to the Bahamas. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> we were like, oh, we don't have anywhere to stay. We have to stay yeah. in Jordan's parents' house. And I yes. never, Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, but that's great. Yeah. No, and it, it like that was like the best part or the easiest part of the trip because we ended up going oh to the Bahamas. Gosh. And then we go on this like, you know, student run <laughs> spring break trip, like you said, as 18 year olds. And we get there and they're like, by the way, like your resort's overbooked. And we were like, perfect. And you saved the day, you and your father Not really. who <laughs> helped us. <laughs> helped us find a place to stay. I remember we were panicked. Oh, yeah. 
we I were mean, like you said, we were 18. What were we going to do with debit cards and a hundred dollars? I something? had no credit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my on gosh. The beach is probably what we could have done, but praise God, we didn't have to do that. Thanks Jordan's <laughs> dad. Thanks Mr. Black. <laughs> Yep. Um, another former podcast guest. Um, yes. So funny. But, you know, here we are so many years later and um, we're both kind of in similar boats because we were mm-hmm. traditional TV news and we've left to become corporate girlies. And um, I guess maybe should we start there and work backwards? I usually start with like where everyone began, but um, mm. all we ever wanted to do was be in TV. And I think that was something we really bonded over at North Carolina was the journalism school and doing all those TV things together. We shot each other's stuff all the time. Um, talk to me. You, we, you did the traditional news thing and where you are now, what, what was the decision to kind of leave and um, make that transition? Right. And uh, so right now I am doing corporate crisis communications and public relations for a Fortune 40 company here in North Carolina. Uh, Before that, for I guess six-ish, six and a half years, I was in local news in Greensboro, North Carolina and Charlotte, North Carolina, um, anchoring, reporting. I think, you know, Jordan, you and I share the fact that we feel like we've probably been in news longer because even when we were in middle and high school, we were already (laughs) trying to put together our little resume reels and shooting ourselves on camera and doing fake newscasts. So it seems like um, I was in news a lot longer than six years, but ultimately made the decision this year to step away, searching for more work-life balance and There are many different things in the industry that I was ready to step away from, Um, but it was such a tough decision. And actually, I mean, you were a huge part of me being bold enough to advocate for myself in that position, knowing that you had done it just a few weeks, months before. I mean, very recently, um, because I left in September. So it's a few months after you. Yeah. But just knowing that there is more out there. And the work-life balance thing that you mentioned, don't, do you feel like you have that now? Like, do you feel, I think for people who don't know about news, like just how much it takes out of you, it's not your traditional 40 hour work week and, um, the things that you're missing out on. I think that's kind of something that, um, I didn't realize until I got kind of older, right. That like all of these weekends and nights and holidays were spent away Mm -hmm. from friends and family and, um, you're missing a lot of things. You do miss a lot of things and the things that you are able to go to and not miss, you feel guilty for being there and missing out on work. Uh, I remember it was 2020 and it was after George Floyd was killed and there were protests and demonstrations in cities across the country. Um, and during that time, my sister was giving birth to my twin nieces in Austin, Texas, and I was still in Greensboro, North Carolina. So I had the week off to go be with my sister and welcome my nieces into the world with my family. We were all there. And the guilt I felt for not being at home during this major news event when our city was relying, it seemed, on local news coverage to know what was going on. Um, And I, I, I just like the whole time I was there, I was worried about not being at work. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's just one example of the many times that that's happened. Yeah, that's such a good perspective too. Like 
when you do get the time, you feel guilty. That's if you get the time, right? There are so many times where you're denied. You're, you don't get to sync up on getting going to that friend's wedding or being at the baby shower, the bridal shower, um, just the, the vacation you want to go on with your family or your significant other, whatever it might be. You might not even get it. Um, so I think, like you said, making that bold decision, it's not an easy one um, because when you're really passionate about something, it's hard to step away. Um, but do you feel like fulfilled in what you're doing now and like you made the right choice for you and, and for your lifestyle? Definitely. I love where I'm working. I love my coworkers. Um, it's been a really good and smooth transition. And I mean, there are so many good things I can say too about local news though. You know, I, I don't want it to come across that I was ungrateful for the experience and the opportunity because goodness, I wouldn't change anything. Um, and local news matters so much and it's important, the work that those journalists are doing, but it is work. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is grueling. It is, uh, underappreciated, underpaid. And I think it was the right move at the time to, to try something new. Yeah. That's also a very good point, right? Because we got to do all of these amazing things with journalism, right? It takes you across the country or just across your community and um, it takes you to new places, right? Like you probably, you maybe wanted to always end up in Charlotte, but you didn't know you'd be there or yeah. you, know, you didn't know you'd travel to cover a hurricane or all of these different things you got to do. Um, does a particular like story that you covered stick out as something that you feel like you really touched someone or really mattered or hmm. just one of your favorites? I think my two biggest journalism memories. Um, in 2017, I got to cover the men's NCAA basketball final four and UNC won redemption year. And yeah. Jordan and I graduated in 2016. And uh, obviously that was not great for us in the last like four seconds. Um, so <laughs> my news station sent me to Phoenix the next year to cover it. And that was like, right out the gate. They're so letting me cool. do this. And it was just amazing to have that access because it was something that I loved. And I honestly grown accustomed to as a yeah. cheerleader at UNC. Like I was always on the court. I was, <laughs> I was always in the game and watching it. And so just to go back and do that a year later was awesome. Um, I think my second big one was a national story and it's when Reverend Billy Graham passed away. Mm. He a North Carolina icon, I mean, worldwide icon, truly. And it just garnered national media attention. And to be there covering a story for your local audience that um, major networks are also covering and getting to see former presidents there at the funeral and celebrities. And it, it was just, um, it was personal for me because my family obviously had ties to, to him and, um, just growing up watching Billy Graham like on Sundays yeah. at your grandparents' house, you know, so yeah. I knew who he was growing up in North Carolina, especially. And uh, to be there for that was just a, a really memorable experience. And everyone was just so kind. I was telling someone about it this week because my company was doing a volunteer event there. And I was like, we were there at zero dark 30. It's 4 a.m. We're doing morning live shots for local news and the people who are working at the Billy Graham library were like bringing us fresh baked chocolate chip muffins and oh. coffee. Like we're so thankful that you're here. You know, it, it was just very memorable. That's the good part. Like 
those those kind of moments, yeah. right? They're so little, but like when somebody comes out and like they thank you or they just, you know, are appreciative or they're, you know, oh, I watch you and I, I love this story you did or I just love, you know, waking up with you when you did mornings. And um, for every one of those, yeah. I can tell you about standing on the side of an interstate <laughs> in a snowstorm and not being able to use the bathroom for a fourth In the hour. yellow vest. Right. And I hate the yellow vest. I was telling someone about that this week, like um, standing on the road whenever I would do like news from Mm -hmm. stepping away from from sports occasionally. Anytime I was doing traffic or weather, that yellow vest over, not to mention the outfit, the outfit, but the branded weather Mm. gear or just outerwear. That was orange for me. Two sizes too big and my mom would always laugh um because she was like oh it looks like you're wearing you know I turned I was my birthday what year was it I think I was turning 23 I was on the side of interstate 40 in Greensboro North Carolina um by myself with my camera in the traffic vest covering like one of those interstate signs had fallen (laughs) and I was out there solo in the ugly vest in the middle of July. And I was like, happy birthday. Happy birthday. (laughs) We've spent a lot of birthdays like doing, doing crazy things. Like, and I don't mean like partying. I mean, doing, we're not talking about the Bahamas anymore. Yeah, no, we're talking getting, getting paid, you know, $10 an hour. Um, so, okay. You talked about the 2017 national championship. Um, and because you were at so many iconic moments, um, we have to go back to cheerleading. So you were a UNC cheerleader and before that, a competitive cheerleader on the highest level. And what at the beginning of this, when I mentioned kind of cheer liberty, you grew up in in cheerleading, but you kind of grew up in this, this spotlight of cheerleading in an era what, before social media and then when social media became so big. Um, I don't think I've ever asked you this. Do you remember how or why or when you kind of took off and and what it was that people were like, Maddie Gardner is it? And and we kind of like love her. And and she's, you know, people became fascinated, right? I think you mentioning social media is a huge component of this story. So I'm glad that you brought that up because um, I started cheering when I was four years old. And was like not even old enough to be on a team yet. So I just did individuals is what we called them. It was just you went out there by yourself and performed this little routine to some like jock jams music uh, <laughs> and were scored. And uh, my very first competition, I, I I need my mom to fact check this, actually. Maybe <laughs> you'll have to call her up after yes, this. This is all factual because, again, I was four. Um, I, I think I won. Like... <laughs> I loved it. And I was the youngest in my division. And um, I still had a lazy R. Like, our colors were purple and teal. And I couldn't even say the word purple. It was purple. Like, that's how young I was when I was doing this. Um, And since then, I just stuck with it and moved around to different teams. Um, I truly, truly loved it. But again, that was 2000. No, <laughs> I'm not that young. That was <laughs> 97. Like, so no social media. I mean, yeah. no 
Wi-Fi, no anything. Right. Um, and then I guess around middle school, I remember YouTube became a thing. And after we would compete at our competitions, our routines would end up on YouTube and people would start commenting on them and sharing them. And at that time, I had short hair and I couldn't put it in a ponytail and I wore a headband, like a sports headband. And I flipped my hair out like Cindy Lou Who, like straight out like this. And uh, it wasn't for this reason, but it did draw your eye to me because I was different. It's like if a rocket has different hair, you're going to like, that's, that's, so, um, people were commenting like, oh, who's the blonde girl in the headband? You know, like, she's not too bad at this. Um, and from there it just kind of took off. And then Twitter message boards, actually before Twitter, like (laughs) Twitter message boards were a thing. Um, then Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And from there, people were just like, following teams and athletes and fangirling. I remember figuring out what that meant, you know, like fangirling over the, their favorite athletes and their favorite teams and just creating this little community. Um, So yeah, that's, that's really it. I am trying to, (laughs) it's so weird. It just took off from there because for so long, I was trying like not to be Maddie, the cheerleader after I was done. I was like, Oh, well, I'm, you know, a journalist now and I'm doing this, this and this, but Honestly, in the past two or three years, I've been like, no, like I need to embrace that. And like, that was a huge part of my past and it's now part of my present. And I just, so yeah, it's weird to talk about. And I don't know that I've ever really tried to explain it to someone. Um, So hopefully that makes sense. Scoop to your listeners. (laughs) Well, you know what? It's funny you say that because I do, I do recall like, you know, you coming into college and and being a UNC cheerleader, but, you know, trying to maybe separate from the competitive side, right? Because it's one completely different, which is something I do want to talk about. But, um, you know, you kind of want to start fresh, right? As anyone does in, in college. But I like that you say you're trying to play into it because you work really hard at it, right? And I think it's interesting because it's everything. And, um, as someone who did competitive cheerleading, not as long or as intensely as you did, I know the work that goes into it. I know the demand that it takes on your body physically and mentally. Um, and so I think for a lot of people who, you know, don't think that it's a sport, I certainly disagree. I know you do. Um, talk about the work that you put into it. And then, you know, just kind of now being able to embrace that, that was a big part of your life and you can mm-hmm. still kind of be that person. Right. And I think it's a fine line of being able to own up to your accomplishments and the things that you've done in your past while being humble about it and having Mm -hmm. that humility. So it's not um, like, oh, I'm so great and wonderful. Absolutely. So that's I think that's probably why it's weird, which I'm working on. We're all working on (laughs) it. Um, But yeah, I think what shocks people the most is like, I didn't go to prom. I was at a cheer competition. I didn't go to, you know, winter formals. I had practice. Um, We were about 45 minutes to an hour away from my gym. And at least three times a week, we were driving to go there. Homework in the car, food in the car. Like, I can count on the time, on my hand, the times, like, we sat down and had a family meal and it's all holidays. 
We had practice on Easter. We had practice on Christmas Eve. You know, like it was, it was constant and my whole family was invested. My sister was my main base. So she held me up in the air. Um, And my parents were at every practice, every competition front row. So it was like, that was our family time too. It all revolved around this sport. Um, And so it really infiltrated every aspect of our lives. And goodness, I'm like, I'm so grateful for them looking back at it now, like the time they spent, the money they spent, just getting off work early to make sure we were on time for practice, all of it, it wouldn't Mm -hmm. have happened without my mom and dad. And um, I wouldn't have stayed in the air without my sister. So. (laughs) No, I, I love that. And I completely get it. I'm curious if you've thought about, I, I, it's a two-part question. Did you ever have any injuries and what, how, what are your thoughts on putting your children in competitive cheerleading? Um, I had several injuries. Fortunately, none were too severe. I tore some ligaments in my knee. Um, I got dropped on my head a couple of times, probably had some undiagnosed like minor concussions, yeah. but you know, I definitely hurt wrist and back and have more injuries now because of cheerleading than I did when I was a teenager because I'm yeah. like, my back hurts. Maybe yeah. that's because my leg was behind my head for like no, totally. years of the my stretching. Life. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, Maddie. Um, I, I have thought about like, if I have kids and they want to do competitive cheerleading and, you know, I will support whatever they want to do. Absolutely. But it is, so different than it was when you and I were doing it. Mm-hmm. And another reason for that is competitive cheerleading. I mean, is um, social media. Yeah. <laughs> is social media. And um, I think that, you know, the sport is changing. The sport is trying to gain the worldwide respect that other sports have, especially Olympic sports. Uh, obviously, we're pushing for cheerleading to be in the Olympics. And there's talk about, you know, what year that could happen um, because the Olympic committee has signed off on it being an Olympic sport, which is exciting. Uh, It's definitely becoming a worldwide phenomenon. If it wasn't already 10 years ago, you know, like I I just think that there's so much more awareness and respect for it now. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a conversation for (laughs) For later later on, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I know a lot of like I have family who are football coaches and, you know, when they had kids and are you going to let your son play football? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they know the dangers of it, but they also know the rewards of it. And Mm -hmm. so I think that it's just kind of like like a decision, truly. No, absolutely. (laughs) It's like anything. And I I think just people don't probably know like the risk, like you're saying, but that it's still an incredible team sport. Um, and one that requires so much discipline and strength and all of those things that you've mentioned when you took this sport to UNC, mm-hmm. what were some of the highs and maybe even some lows there? I think a lot of people don't know what goes into being a college cheerleader. You obviously get access, um, to the pomp and circumstance right. of, being at a power five school in the ACC, but I imagine it was just difficult missing a lot of things and committing all that time as well. Right. Yes. And it's, it's very different what I was doing in high school as a competitive cheerleader and what I was doing at UNC. I like to say when you're a competitive cheerleader, you are the show. 
people are there to watch you and your team. And when you're a college cheerleader, especially at a school like the University of North Carolina, who doesn't compete, you're part of the show yeah. instead of the show. So you are um, an integral part of the game day experience, um, but it, it is very different. And it was very grueling athletically. We were training with football trainers um, in the football stadium twice a week. We had practice twice a week. Uh, the Fridays before game days, you know, we were out on the practice field making sure everything was right. And just the uniformity of it is very different rather than the, you know, wanting to stand out that I think a lot of competitive cheerleaders strive for. It's wanting to be uniform and to blend in yeah. and, um, to, to excite the crowd, which is the point of cheerleaders in the first place, especially at football and basketball games. And we also cheered for soccer and baseball and gymnastics and volleyball. So uh, it was quite the change. I did cheer in high school for three of the four years, I think. And so I had some sideline experience, but nothing compared to the level that UNC expects out of their athletes. Um so it was a wake-up call. And honestly, I think I had to relearn a lot of the cheerleading basics mm -hmm. because UNC was focused on being sharp and hitting your motions and making sure your arms were in the right place. And, you know, everything down to what earrings you had on, they wanted it to be very uniform. So it was an adjustment, but a very good one. <laughs> no regrets like, there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's always so cool. Like, I think just to see everything that goes into it. And I'll, I I think as someone who always loved dance and cheer, like I always watch the cheerleaders and I just, I love like watching that with the band and everything that goes into just making college football or college basketball, like what it is. Like to me, it's the whole experience. Um, and you got to be part of so many cool ones. So you talked about like oh cool journalism moments. What are some cool UNC moments that you got to experience as being part of the cheer team? That's tough. Um, senior year was gr a great year for UNC athletics. Obviously, yeah. 2016, the men's basketball team was in the national championship game in Houston. Yeah. Um, and so we'll we talk about the ending. No. And I mean, like redemption again. Yeah. Do I love Villanova? No but I've healed a lot from that. <laughs> um, 2016, the football team was also in the ACC championship game. And um, I, honestly, when I was watching this year's game, I was like, deja vu. We're I know. in Bank of America. And oh my goodness. Um, and then actually, this is one of my favorite freshman year NC State at home is when Gio ran the punt return back for a touchdown. Yes. And actually, I was at a charity event not too long ago, and they were auctioning off a signed photograph of Gio running the ball back in the chrome helmet. And I'm in the background, like, freaking did you win out. It? Did you bid on it? I did not bid on it. Listen, I was a journalist then. <laughs> right. Salaries um, so were, I, I did um, not have had to be saved. I understand. To, to bid on that. But I was in the background and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's the worst looking like jump you've ever That's seen. That's like life. an iconic like, football happening. moment, though. Yeah. And it, yeah. So I think those were top three for me. I mean, That's just the amazing. time you spend with your teammates on the road um, and exploring other universities and towns mm -hmm. when you travel was was amazing too. But I remember you telling us about coming back from Notre Dame and getting to 
like just tour the campus. And I, I might have made this fact up. Um, I should have fact checked it before we came on the mic, but you told us you guys toured like the campus chapel and like the specks of gold from the yeah. dome go into the helmets. Apparently. Yeah. I am so impressed you remember this one. I remember that. When yeah, I was talking I, I was about. Like part of the team by association. Cause I was, yes. I was like, yeah. You were. I remembered um, all your bits and pieces. You, I feel like you went to a cheer cocktail with me. Too. So it's so funny you mentioned that because I was looking back at photos. And so whenever I do these podcasts, I, you know, go through everyone's like social media, you know, recently just to get some ideas of like who they are, you know, like family and, and all that kind of stuff to ask, you know, more detailed questions. And I was just scrolling through your Instagram, Maddie, and I found that photo and it was from Cheer Cocktail. But you know what it made me think like you're talking about social media and this was like still before Instagram was like really, really a big deal. And I was like, you would get so many likes on these photos. And you know what makes me think this question I was wanting to ask you, like you would still do kind of these, you know, sponsored deals with cheer companies and you had mm-hmm. makeup stuff and luggage. But I'm curious if it ever crossed your mind what it would be like to be in college now with name, image, and likeness. Yeah. Um, I... That's that's crazy. Um, you were a great cocktail date, by the way. Just <laughs> Thank you. for everyone who is wondering, um, we had lots so of fun. Ways. We did have fun. Um, I was not. It, it's a weird dynamic because yes, we were part of the athletic department, but we weren't athletes in every sense. Okay, we didn't get like preferred registration for classes. We didn't oh, yeah. go to the athletic dining hall. We didn't, um, there were a couple of things that, so That's like you, true. the, yeah. the cheer team at Carolina, at least when I was there, and I don't know how it is now, it might be completely different, but, um, we were part of the department, but not technically athletes in, in, in every sense of the word. So that wasn't as much of an issue, um, for me at the time, it definitely, at the beginning of my time in college, I had a lot more deals and sponsorships and, and brand things like that because I was still in the competitive world. Like I was taking my step out of it. Um, but then toward the end, it, it wasn't as much. But I I am glad that that is an option for athletes these days. Yeah. I always thought it was so strange. And um, I had a couple of classes with Marcus Page, who is obviously a star on the UNC basketball team because he was in the journalism school with us. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing his perspective and I don't remember what class it was in, but this was one of the discussion topics. And, you know, he was like, I, I walk past the student store and I see my Jersey there mm-hmm. and I see it being sold out and like everyone buying it up. And um, I'm not making any of that. Yeah. And the, you know, I don't think he said this, but in my head, I'm thinking like the reason they want a number five jersey is because of him. It's not because yes. it's the number five. So it, it it was always strange to me that that wasn't in place. Um, so, yeah. I think about that all the time, like specifically with jerseys. Um, but I forgot how cheerleading wasn't recognized formally, um, at least there through the NCAA. So there were a little, there were some loopholes that worked in your favor, but then, you know, obviously the the fairness side of it is like, you know, other athletes didn't get it, but you know, right. right. Interesting how it all works out. Um, talk to me about being able to 
go on the other side and then um, report for ESPN at at Worlds, was it? Uh, so it was at what's called the Summit, Summit. which is Summit, yes. the largest event of the year for teams level one through five in cheerleading. So cheerleading goes level one through six. And level six teams compete at the world championships and level one through five have the opportunity to compete at the summit, which is in the same venue. Um, at, it's the end of the season event. So yeah, this year back in the winter of 2022, I got a call from someone who is, you know, well-known in cheerleading and has done some of the broadcasts before. And he was like, Hey, your name got thrown around in this meeting. Um, would you ever be interested in, doing anything like this, like reporting for a cheer competition and like doing sideline stuff, essentially. Um, And I just freaked out because that's, that's always been the goal. Mm -hmm. I mean, when, when I was cheering and wanting to do broadcast, it always was in the back of my head. Like, I know my competitions are being televised and I hear the announcers talking about my routine and there never really was a former cheerleader who was yeah. doing the commentary or the reporting. They had wonderful, wonderful broadcasters, former Olympic gymnasts, and, and they were amazing at what they did. But at the same time, they didn't know the sport like a cheerleader knew the sport. Right. Um, and so I think that just that opportunity was a, a dream come true. And through that, you know, maybe I'll do some more. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just so cool. And I, I think I've always, like, wondered and – just what it's like to kind of hold that microphone, you know, and I I can, you know, think about the first time I held a mic just in local news and it's just so exciting. Right. So like, you know, and then every time you move up in TV, it's just so cool, but like, there's gotta be something really neat about just grabbing one that has an ESPN flag on it. I mean, I I carried it around the whole weekend. Like I was that girl who was like, this is my microphone this weekend. Like, and, um, you know, all the, all the wonderful production crew was just like, yeah, we'll take another picture of you at the mic, Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, this angle like, looks you, really yeah, good. This, is, this one's good with the lighting in the back. Um, no, I, they were wonderful. But yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of legacy in that. Uh, and again, it, it legitimizes cheerleading, right? That that they show the competition this aired on, on ESPN too. So yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a huge, a huge part of it um, that I think is so important, right? The things that are airing on um, the worldwide sports leader are sports. Um, so we can leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, we've talked a lot about sports, but I think personally, I I know a lot about you, but I, I know a lot of people don't, um, when you're not now that you're, you know, doing a nine to five, you come home from work. I, now, now our schedules are so crazy different, right? You go into work at nine or eight or whatever time it is and you come home at five, but it used to be for me, I would go in at 2 PM come home at 11 p.m. on a good day. Um, What is it like having this normal schedule? And and what does your day look like now? Like, what do you do when you wake up? What do you do when you come home? Like, what are your, what's your routine like? Yeah, so um, I try to go to the gym at 5.30, make the 5.30 a.m. workout class because I just think that that's the best way to start my day and be Is it still pure bar? It's not. I've been going to um, a different gym. Oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> I I loved bar classes. I did. And I actually taught bar classes in Greensboro. And it was yeah. a great experience. Um, but that that studio is just very far away from where I live in Charlotte. So I'm trying to branch out and do something. Any else. workout is a good workout. 
It is. It's it's great. I'm getting I'm getting so strong, Jordan. Just wait till you oh. see my arm muscles. No, I'm joking. Um, so yeah, go to the gym at five thirty, and then uh, my office is actually like a, a thirty minute drive. So I get in the car and listen to Scoop Du Jour and <laughs> right drive, <laughs> drive into work. <laughs> I work from around eight to five. Yeah, and I I leave and come home and, and spend time with my boyfriend and the dog. And it's, it's been great. Um, decorate for Christmas. And yeah. <laughs> see so friends now. I know. So I, I have a great group of friends here in Charlotte and we try to do monthly get togethers, whether that's go out to dinner or go to someone's house. And for so long, because I worked um, until eight at night in news, we would have to do like these late get togethers and I'm actually hosting our, our holiday gathering tonight. And I was like, I mean, y'all can come over at six if you want. It's so early, you know, like, or just whatever we have so much time now. So I have found that. And then just the flexibility that an, that an office job offers. Like if you need to work from home, if you need to leave earlier, if you get your work done, like there's a lot of autonomy in it that I think, um, many people don't realize Mm -hmm. doesn't exist as much on the local news level because you are always on deadline. Yeah. And you always have something to do. And if you are like you and I, where your show, your newscast was the last thing you did of the day, um, there was always a risk of taking a break and not getting it done. So totally. Yeah, no, exactly. I think a lot of people, if you've only had that experience of an office job, it probably doesn't seem that enticing. But um, I can't tell you how uh, much better it's been just for, you know, mental clarity and um, flexibility. And just like you said, seeing friends and family, you mentioned being an aunt to twin girls. Um, now do you get to see them more often? I get to see them so much. And I'm so happy because even if there's like a week difference between when I see them, they're saying so many more things and they have these personalities. They're two and a half now. And they're just like, today I was, uh, feeling sad about some news that I saw on Twitter. Um, and I was just texting my sister, like, can I have a baby video? Which are not even babies anymore. I can have like a girly video because that's why I call them the girlies. And, um, it just, it just makes you so happy. And I will also say, uh, I think, you know, the, the work-life balance, the physical differences of being out of news are real, but the mental health difference for me has been noticeable. Um, and it was, it was a big reason actually of, of why I made the decision to step away. Um, the people who are, are closest to me and know me best told me when I was trying to make this decision, you're a different person on Friday nights than you are on Sunday nights. Like after yeah. you've gone through a week of work, like you are drained and you're just kind of like a shell of yourself because I was so sad about all yeah. the things that, you know, we were reporting on because that's the reality of it. Yeah. The, news, the news can be very sad. So, yeah, that's such a good point. Um, I think one thing people don't know about news, not only is it that, but you're always putting on, right? So, you might, like you said, you might be having a bad day, but then you have to come on air and be the most cheerful, happy, excited person. Hey, Pop. Um, <laughs> He's like, it's my turn now. My turn. He's like, Mom, we have a holiday party in 10 minutes, which I will let you go. No, um, you're fine. But um, you're you're kind of an actress, right? You're an actor. And no Absolutely. matter what kind of day you're having, no matter what, how you're feeling, you come on. Absolutely, Jordan. You, if you are sad about a horrible crime that you're reporting on and you um, 
were given the opportunity to talk to the victim's family and you have to go on air and, you know, just pull it together. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be having, you have a horrible personal day and yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, there's definitely a mask I think that, mm-hmm. that you wear and, um, it's, it's a fine line of being authentic and being professional. And that's just something that uh, people in that profession have to do. And then there's no, there's no off switch, right? Like even if now I can turn my notifications off on my news apps or maybe yes. switch the channel, but that's, that's, it wasn't an option. So, so true. Weekends are our weekends now, which is really nice. And, um, it used to be, you know, I, I can actually vividly remember, and this podcast is about you, not me, but it, I, I, I think I said oh, this in the episode where <laughs> I was like, let's call it scoop de jour. But, um, I, vividly remember being in at a spin class on, on a bike when um, the former Arkansas football coach, Chad Morris was, it was, we found out that he was being fired and I just mm-hmm. left the class and it was like a 90 minute spin. And I think we were like 20 minutes in and I was like, well, there goes the rest yeah. of my class, yeah. you know? So, and it was, you know, I think I maybe was working later in the day, but just any time can, can be breaking news. And I, I love what you said earlier though. I certainly don't take for granted any of the moments I had and I'm, I think we're both really grateful for the opportunities because it led us to to finding ourselves and to growing and to being these professional women and being able to make these career moves. So um, I think it's really cool that we have those experiences and and especially now that we can relate on them. Um, So you made this big, bold move. Um, I'm sure it took a lot of people to to get you where you were today. I ask everyone, um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Or a good piece of advice. Yeah, I mean, so many people, absolutely, that you that you mentioned. Um, I think right now, and I, I've kind of already touched on this, but owning your success, owning your success. I think my default is to downplay everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like even today, Maddie, you did you, this press release is great. Oh no, I had so much help. I didn't like I I did that. You know, like in in cheerleading. Maddie, you're, you're so good. Oh, no, I'm not that good. Like, you know, owning your success, but being able to maintain that level of humility. Um, you know, a lot of times, especially women, we're, we're taught to shrink into the background and not take ownership of that, but just being able to say, like, you know what, I, I am good at my job, or I, I was really good at that sport. Like, thank you for acknowledging that. And um, I, I accept that compliment. <laughs> I love that. I think a lot of people need to hear that. So thank you for saying that. Um, it's so good. What What else besides like um, you love working out, but, you know, do you guys watch TV shows at the end of the day? Like, are you binging anything? What else are you doing with your spare time now that you have a little bit more of it? I know. Um, I planning Christmas parties. You're such movie, a good host. Honestly, you're such a good host. Are you kidding me? We have good moms who taught us a lot. We have wonderful mothers who, yes, absolutely. I I watch the same same shows over and over. Like I have my comfort <laughs> shows. Shit's what Creek, are they? New Girl, The Office, like um, One Tree Hill. Okay, I good. mean those those are like the ones that I always go back to in the end. I try to branch out and and watch like new things, and it's just like. I don't know what's going to happen. So I don't like Yeah. No, I, I totally get, I yeah. totally feel that. Um, and then like when you, when you do live with someone they're like, do you want to watch something together? And I'm like, I would really love to go watch Gilmore Girls. 
I um, would really like to watch Love Island um, <laughs> if you're down. Just turn totally. my brain off for a little bit and see totally. the but drama. Yeah. Instead, you know, it's White Lotus, which I can get behind. Okay. So real fast. I just finished season one two days ago because I wanted to hop on the train. Okay. Season two is so good. I've heard season two is better. Um, yeah, season two I, was, is I think the characters were amazing. The actors were great. I was just kind of underwhelmed. No, same. We we didn't love season ending. one. We were just like, it's so weird, for lack of a better term. But season two <laughs> was so good. And did you ever watch The Bold Type? I, I watched a little bit of it. Okay, so Sutton Brady is in season two. You know, okay. and I love her. Um, well, I love Audrey Plaza, so I feel like – and Jennifer yeah. Coolidge. Um, yeah. yeah. No, the Snap. actors in this one are really good. And, okay. you know – I think they said this on the morning toast or the toast, which I always listen to. Nothing really happens in each episode, but I think something big is going to happen. And maybe we're like five episodes in. Nothing really has happened, but you're just kind of hooked to it. So that's better than the first season because I wasn't like so hooked. Mm-hmm. And the but score, like the music in the background, the score of the show, I guess, I think it's called a score of movies. I yeah. don't know if it's in TV as well. Um, it makes you feel anxious the whole time. Like the drum beats and the yes. like, even if they're just washing their hands, you're like, oh, man. You I know. know. So. I know. It makes my heart race. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so good. But. Um, You'll have to let me know when you watch season two because I'm curious. Um, Okay. Finally, you have some fun travel coming up, but you've traveled a lot of fun places. Does a, a great travel spot stick out to you or like any travel bucket list places you have coming up? Ooh, you'll appreciate this. I love Florence. I love Florence, yes. Italy. Um, yeah, because you studied abroad there, right? I did. Yeah. And we just got back from there in September. We went That's back. right. That's right. Um, so actually, I think we are planning a teammate on UNC cheerleading is getting married in Tuscany next year. Um, so UNC I, cheerleaders point, love Tuscany, don't they? We love Tuscan weddings. <laughs> we love, this will be the second, you okay, know. Okay, but a beautiful spot. Yeah, amazing. So I think that that's on the list. I... I'm ready. I haven't um, been out of the country in a while, and I just got my passport renewed. So, like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. So that's I on know, the list time. there. You have some time. Oh, I'm so glad. Um, Maddie, you have to go host, which you do so well. Where can everyone find you? I, I, we could do this for hours and hours and hours. And no, I'm down, actually. Next time, we're going to have to have our, our third member of the trio, our – the love of our lives, um, Madison Cavalcari, Mad Cav, um, is going to have a point next time. But um, I'm sad she's not here. Where now, can everyone actually. find you? Um, please find me, not physically. That'd be weird. <laughs> no, no. Um, on <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Maddie Gardner. That's where I am. Um, I dabbled in TikTok once upon a time, but we'll see if I get back into that. I mean, That's I have so this hard. ring light for a reason, so we right. have to figure something out. I, I, can I say like one more thing? Oh, please. Because we can say as many things as you head. want. It popped into my head. I want to say, um, don't be afraid to walk away from the things that are no longer serving you. Oh, I got goosebumps. And I think as an athlete, you can relate to this and maybe many of our sports folk can as well. You know, we're taught winners never quit and you never quit and you never give up. And especially on your dreams, you can't give up. You can't give up no matter how hard it is. And I think um, my biggest lesson in the past few years is 
it's okay to walk away. And you don't have to call it quitting if that still triggers you. You can say that you're just stepping away from it uh, to, to better yourself and to better your life. So that's another piece of advice that just, you know, popped in there. I love that. <laughs> and I think it's such a perfect way to not only end this, but to kind of just like think about the new year, right? Like you took a, a huge leap of faith and so many people do. And um, I, I I certainly don't think that, you know, leaving something that you really cared about, but that, like you said, might not be serving you is, is quitting. It's just maybe turning or pivoting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a great way to look at it. Um, so thanks for sharing that. That's yeah. It kind of gave me goosebumps. Well, I'm so proud of you. And I just want you to know this final thought that um, listeners, Jordan and I served on the executive council for our sorority. And Jordan was like way more important than I was. She No, she was literally in charge of recruiting uh, cool people to (laughs) join the sorority. So that's like a really big task. Um, With a lot of help. With a lot of help. Don't downplay your accomplishments. Okay. (laughs) Um, I was the house manager. (laughs) Okay, which okay, wait, wait, wait. Actually, we can't let you go. Hold on. Okay. Let's talk about living in the sorority house. Okay, so I was the house manager and part of the house manager job, we had like two things we had to do. One of them was to do a fire drill just like once a semester. And that was it. The other one was to approve the menu for our wonderful kitchen staff. And every day we had soup du jour and so every time I see your podcast or you post or something I think of chef Tom and house mom Miss Debbie and the the soup du jour (laughs) I have two funny things to say so my little in the sorority whose name is also Jordan thought she's from a small town in North Carolina and she is like one of the most wonderful, wonderful humans in the world. Congratulations on your engagement. Jordan. Yes. Beautiful engagement. Yeah. Um, she thought for like a year that soup du jour meant that I was picking the flavor. <laughs> I, I think that's like the funniest slash cutest slash like also craziest thing ever. Like she was like, wait, you don't pick the soups here? I was like, what? She was like, wait, I thought soup du jour meant soup du Jordan. Because and I was like, no, 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 no. Like, soup du jour means like soup of the day. Soup of the day. I thought that was so I funny. love that. That makes it even even more special <laughs> in my book that your podcast is I know. Second, um, I thought when you brought up the menu, you were going to bring up the fact that when we lived in this sorority house, all we did was prank each other. And no, no, no. No, all you <laughs> and Madison did was prank people. Yeah, I was the target of many a prank, but I was okay, never you were in like the on main the target. prank. Yeah, there were there were definitely some other main targets, and it wasn't like a bullying thing. It was like a <laughs> no, funny, no, 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 yeah, like yeah. friendship thing. But one of our favorite, pr- so Maddie, as the house manager, would send out via WhatsApp or what was it, group me. The, the menu of the week, yeah. but we would try to beat her at her own game and we would make a fake menu with fake things like that kind mm-hmm. of sounded real, but then they'd have like some kind of twist <laughs> that would just be bizarre. So, you know, like maybe the meal that week would be like, I don't know, like dinner would be like baked ziti and lunch would be like salmon salad. I don't know. But we would do like, you know, 
just like weird things. What are some of them? I have to pull it up. Um, you know, like shrimp bar with toppings <laughs> or like um, hot dog cart or like yes. just weird things. The weird, weird things. things like, yeah. Bizarre. I, you honestly, you pranked with the soup du jour a lot. Oh yeah, we would make funny, funny soups. You like, sure did. And then we would do random things like, if it was Maddie, but we would do like Kristen's Choice and just put <laughs> random people's names of things that they would choose. Like, um, make your own like turkey sandwich or something, but like something we would never have. And it would just be weird. And everyone would be complaining like, why would we have turkey sandwiches? Like that's just like when everything else would be so elevated. Um it was, I'm not making, I'm not thinking of good examples. Raspberry dippers. <laughs> oh no, cubed, cubed beef. One time we said cubed beef and everyone was like, cubed, beef, cubed was, beef? Cubed beef was definitely on there. And just like, yeah, like I can't even, there, I, we need to find them. Oh my God. We, we have need to, to find, find them. them. I know. I know that Celia Bet and Sully still has it. I know she still has them. Okay. And then she would try to prank us back. And one time she put a old dirty scarecrow in my bed. <laughs> I just, I opened my bedroom. But then if it came scarecrow. like Jordan and Madison are like the boy who called wolf because <laughs> then real things would actually happen to them. And we'd be like, that no. didn't happen. And they're like, no, like here's the security footage. <laughs> of it happening and you're like no one would believe us and then the house manager had to get involved oh my god I also thought with the fire drill you were going to talk about when there was actually a fire but it was snowing <laughs> and Madison had a boy in the house and he had to jump Which off not the allowed. floor out of the snow in from the second floor <laughs> the firefighters are coming the fire the and we we had to distract the actual house mom, not Maddie, the actual house mom, so that she he she like wouldn't see the voice was paid out. To make sure we weren't doing these things. Oh my god, we have to do a whole another episode about memories, manor we, memories. Yeah, you did call your your room the manor. I'm gonna post the fake menu on the Scoop Du Jour Instagram. I cannot wait. Raspberry like, Dipper um, sounds really Kelly's accurate. Though. I think that that was. Matt Stafford's wife, she'll post like, like TBTs on her um, thing. I'm going to start doing that. Just make it a Zeta memory book. That is so. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. (laughs) Now I'm giggling. Yeah, no, this is a great way to end it. Um, Great way to end it. Um, I love you. This has been so fun. Um, You're welcome whenever. Um, Okay, so everyone can find you at Maddie Gardner. Um, and we'll always be rooting for you. I'm so excited for you. And this has been so fun. Thank you for joining. Yeah. Maybe some more exciting cheer things coming up soon. So that's Is a that little a teaser. Tease. It's a teaser. A so. little teaser. New, news anchors love teases. That's right. That's right. Watch at 11, but not really because I'll be asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Maddie. Love you. love you so much. So proud of you.